This Bee Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. Loved and trusted by more than 1 million teachers, IXL enhances your teaching and takes work off your plate so you can make an even bigger impact on your students. Yeah, IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights. Strengthen daily instruction, close knowledge gaps quickly, and set every student up for success. Want to bring IXL to your school? Learn more at IXL.com forward slash B. That's IXL.com forward slash B-E. We're proud to be sponsored by MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Schools can easily create and manage time for FlexBlocks. Win time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and much more. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Yeah, make your flex time work for you. Visit MyFlexLearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off the first year. That's MyFlexLearning.com slash BE. Edutech Guys Radio, radio radio.edutechguys.com. The opinions expressed on the site this program to those of participants is not intended to and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any specific educational entity, sponsor, company, state, or government agency. Hey, well, <laughs> sorry. I'm on the spot. I'm, uh, welcome to EduTech, guys. Um, I don't even remember what I normally say. We are so unprepared. <laughs> this is uh, this is going to be generally off the cuff. Improv. Thanks for coming by, tuning in. You're listening to radio.edutechguys.com, coming to you live from Southwest Arkansas Education Cooperative in Hope, Arkansas, sponsored by the Co-op and Hope Public Schools. I'm one of your hosts, David Henderson. Hey, I'm Jeff Madlock. And I'm Greg Moore. And uh, today, we've got uh, several things going on, which is why we're a, t- it's, a tad scattered. It's a scattered. hectic day in the studio today. It, it, it really is. Um, We've got the uh, Double Robotics robot, and we're about to uh, play with that just a, a little bit here. In fact, that's one of the things we were setting up, among others. We are live on Periscope. Hey, all you uh, folks uh, watching on Periscope, you can check us out. Go to Periscope and check and look up uh, EduTech Guys. Be sure to hit our Twitter feed at EduTech Guys. Um, I'm getting the hearts. The give hearts, yeah! Give yeah. us some love. Thank you very much. Um, we're also uh, going to be talking about El Capitan. El Capitan. Uh, Greg Brave the Wilds of the <laughs> Apple App Store and uh, snagged a copy of it, and have, he's already installed it, and it's running hot on his machine. Have, so uh, we'll fresh bloody scars hacking through the jungle, right. you know. <laughs> so uh, we'll we'll take a look at some of the new features and uh, tell you about those, describe those to you, and then whatever else crazy random stuff we come up with hey i i got excited about the uh hearts on uh, periscope did you mention hashtags hashtags we're going to talk about hashtags in there because uh in social media because i've had this real problem with some educational hashtags so we're going to get to that one sometime during the show today so uh we'll throw that out there 
Yeah, right off the bat, you're listening to radio.edutechguys.com. Visit us online at www.edutechguys.com. You can drop down to the bottom and leave us a nice little message. Let us know if we stink or if we're good or if you want to hear more. <laughs> I, I didn't know that they invented Smell-O-Vision while we were away. That's you know, right. I, smell you know I wanted to invent Smell-O-Vision. Remember that? <laughs> Don't get me started on Smell-O-Vision. So, uh, yeah, today's going to be a great show. You can also catch us on Twitter. At Edutech Guys, you can catch David at David N Ark. That's D A V I D I N A R K, and you can also catch me there at J Madlock. J M A D L O C K. Hey, we got some really neat stuff in the studio today. We are running the Double Robotics uh, Trouble. Double Trouble is what they call it here. <laughs> it's the Double Robotics. Uh, what's its official name? Is it just Robot? iPad Robot? It is called. Yeah, it is the Double Robotics Robot. Hey, we're going to call you Lucas Don Valour. So that is not the name <laughs> of the robot here. <laughs> its actual name here is Trouble. Um, I'm sorry, we call it Double Trouble. Double, Double Trouble. Trouble. Uh, pretty neat device. We'll take some pictures of it here in a second and put it out there. And we'll, um, for those of you uh, who are watching on Periscope, we'll, we'll eventually get it to move into the field of view, and you guys can check that out. Uh, if you're not familiar with it, uh, check out uh, Double Robotics. Uh, Google that. I can't remember what their website is off the top of my head. It's Probably. doublerobotics.com. Okay. Double uh, check that out. Uh, if you are a fan or have seen the Big Bang Theory, you may have seen the episode where Sheldon uh, was roaming around as this talking head on a rolling stick. I believe the That's term the robot. Telepresence or something telepresence. like that? Telepresence. Yes. Telepresence. Tele. Oh, never mind. I love presents. I love presents. <laughs> Christmas Not is that only kind of 16 presents. Saturdays away, people. <laughs> Get Jeff's present now. So, yeah, we're going to also talk about uh, the good old El Capitan. El Capitan. And, yeah. So uh, I want to give a shout-out to the good doc. He's always on uh, listening to us and on the chat. And if you're his employer, he's hiding in a closet listening to us right now. You <laughs> so, um, yeah, so you can catch us on the Twitter. You can also catch us on Facebook. Follow us on our Facebook page. We also put up some good stuff on there. Um, uh, we're, we're configuring uh, the uh, double robot as we speak. Yeah? Uh, I'm watching these guys. It's, it's quite <laughs> hilarious to see what they're doing. We are, we're, well, we are conversing solely with our hands and raised eyebrows. Um, the more raised eyebrows, so the less evidently well the it goes. beta guest thing it doesn't work. So That's why it's beta. Allow me to sign you in let me under sign the me robot account. And by the way, if you're out there and you are listening to us now live, uh, or you're watching on Periscope, if you will tweet us at Edutech Guys and say, "Hey, I want to try driving the robot." We will get back in touch with you Try and give you the information you need to get in. Yeah, you can run it from any iOS device, any Android device, any Windows device, or any um, Mac device. It does work on Android, doesn't it? Am I right? It would be silly to have a robot that doesn't run on Android. I mean, Android is a robot, so that would just be. I, I honestly don't remember if it works on Android or not. What's really weird, and I don't know if this works anymore or not, but for a while. The only web browser you could run it in was Chrome. There was some really? bizarre feature of Chrome, Chrome that would yeah. let you connect directly to it. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I would like to rephrase that. I'm sorry, I'm on the website now. Uh, Mac, PC, Windows, iPad, or iPhone. So if you no don't have Androids. one of those, um, I apologize. You cannot use that. So, uh, hey, uh, while we're waiting, Dave's doing a little work here. I've uh, got a great article I read today on how mobile technology and education is shaping the next generation of employees. And uh, the subtitle on that one is, The Next Generation of Workers Will Come Into the Workplace Expecting 
their jobs to be powered by mobile apps. You know, I think I would have to agree with that, considering <coughs> that mobile apps pretty much make the world go around right now. Exactly. And pretty much every kid that's doing some form of one-to-one -one or BYOD in the classroom is using a mobile app to accomplish that. So that's pretty interesting that uh, now we're starting to look into that area. You know, it, and it gets into a really interesting concept of what's homework and what's not homework and what's classwork and what's not classwork and uh, using the mobile apps to, uh, to do that. Um, so, you know, that, that's a really great one. I don't I, remember I, the stupid password. I love it. But David now states that he has forgotten his password, so we will be firing David after the show. <laughs> Face the squad. Hey, uh, like I said, if you'll tune in to a Periscope, well, we can do you can look up EduTech guys on Periscope and watch us live. Be sure to put us on the background on your iPhone or Fortunately, your, your desk. Fortunately, it's already stored in if my If you'll phone. jump to uh, www.edutechguys.com, you'll find a feed link right there. You can click and listen to this feed as it's popping out there. So would you like to we try will it? post the, uh, the you works. Uh, Periscope right after this. And uh, ooh, we got Feedback City. Hello. Turn down the volume. There we go. <laughs> Had a little feedback from okay. the robot. Left and right. So no, Greg's probably going to drive backward. the robot, which Lifting. I mean to move my shins. And of course it's facing you, so it's like backwards. Head exactly. right. Hey, yeah, today on the show, uh, we'll be some fun. We're going to talk about the double robotics, uh, double robot. And we're also going to talk about Apple's El Capitan, which came out around 11 o'clock Central Time. Uh, I guess it was about somewhere around, yeah, so somewhere 9 o'clock Mountain, and that uh, would be noon Eastern. Uh, Greg's done the install, so we'll get to hear a little bit about how that went and talk about what's happening there. Um, it, it's a big push, some really new stuff. Most of the big thing I think for El Capitan was under the hood. Yeah. Know, all the stuff, major improvements, and they are supporting mm -hmm. Macs all the way back to 2009. So that's a that's a huge support, so that's a, you know six years back. Yeah, and even some, some of the higher end Macs, if you bought one even earlier than that, if you bought a high end Mac, it actually supports those as well. Wow, so yeah. that's, a big, that's a big one. That's a big, big, big one. Uh, no. Cool. It will not let me mute. It will not let you mute. All right, we're, we're playing with a double robot, and uh, it's acting a little funky. So did you just sign out? Okay. Yeah, good. <laughs> so and once again, if you're listening to us out there and you'd like to drive the double robot and be here as a telepresence with us, uh, just go ahead and tweet either uh, at David and Ark, at Jay Madlock, or at Edgy Tech Guys. And Send once I figure out what the password is, we'll help you get in. <laughs> yeah. we'll, uh, we'll, we'll find a way to get you in so you can drive it around and have a good time with it. So, um, hey, let's jump into, uh, we'll, we'll save devil, the double robotics for a little bit here inside the old. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Deal. Uh, lots of stuff happening in the tech world. You know, most of the schools are now in their stride in the educational technology world because it is the seventh week, I think, for most of the schools here in oh my the state of Arkansas. Getting close to the end of that first uh, nine weeks, the half of the semester is out of the way. Uh, really big announcement today that just happened at lunch for us and probably a lot of folks out there. Jamf released uh, their 9.8.1 update, yep. which addresses uh, some really great stuff. And if I had pulled up my email, I could probably tell you what that <laughs> stuff was. But um, they they addressed some really nice stuff today. Uh, one of the biggest ones is uh, the ability to be able and uh, let me find it here. I, I said that. It's right now. here. I got it. Greg's got it. So yeah, basically it's uh, earlier. Uh, they updated the JSS to 9.8, which supported some of the features of iOS 9, but one that was notably absent that we've all been looking forward to since iOS 9 was, was talked about was the ability to push apps purchased through the VPP directly to iOS devices rather than to Apple IDs. 
Um, for schools, this is a big deal because trying to get every student uh, an Apple ID has always been, since the very beginning, a, a really big sticking point uh, when it comes to deploying iOS. Either one, Because as we've seen, anytime that you've got a classroom with a whole bunch of students in it, if any one student has a problem, it's, it just brings the rest of the class to a halt. And so you pretty much have to be able to depend on having every student be ready to roll at any given time with, uh, with what the teacher is doing. And so trying to get Apple IDs universally across the board for every student everywhere is just, it was a major bugbear. So now that iOS 9 allows us to push apps purchased through the VPP program, the Volume Purchase Program, which is a program that Apple has run for several years now to allow uh, education institutions and businesses to purchase uh, apps in large quantities. Um, now that we've we any apps purchased through that, you can actually push directly to a device in iOS 9. And uh, in Casper Suite 9.81, that feature is now enabled. So you can push apps directly to devices. You don't have to worry about if the student has an Apple ID or not. It just shows up on the device. No student interaction required. They don't need to type in their password. Uh, all they need to do is have the iPad on the network uh, and ready to roll. So that is a huge plus for us uh, and that has really been uh, that's even been what the the major reason we've heard from several other school districts about why they moved away from iOS to say Chrome OS um, on Chromebooks because just pushing apps to devices is was so troublesome uh, and now that that's all solved we are really looking forward to getting apps on student devices much more quickly much more efficiently and with a whole lot less hassle for everyone involved yeah, man, that sounds awesome. That's mm. going to be cool. For us especially. You know, yes. it's, yeah. you know, when you're running, and then we're a small cakes, potatoes, you know, over 3,000 devices. But, you know, along that same strain, I, I sent out a tweet earlier this week um, about what's happening with Pearson in Los Angeles. So it looks like they're going to settle and Pearson's going to owe Apple and Pearson or just Pearson. Someone's yeah. going to owe Apple and Pearson Los both Angeles owe several million, several million dollars. Yeah, exactly. Four million dollars. And, I cry, I cry boo-hoo on that one. I cry, that's, that's, that's dirty pool yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, whenever Los Angeles rolled out their, their iOS um, deployment to their students, there were several things. At the time, iOS didn't allow you to do, uh, it, if you reset an, an iPad, um, you could essentially remove all restrictions from the iPad. And that was, that was one of the major problems that Los Angeles uh, encountered because students figured that one out real quick and so all they had to do is just erase the device and all of a sudden all the restrictions that the school district had put on there are gone and they can install whatever apps they want and they can browse wherever they want and that sort of thing. This was something that we encountered like years before um, Los Angeles did their iPad deployment so yeah I kind of agree with you that it, they should have done their research a little bit more right. in depth. It was Be poor, poor planning on uh, Los on, Angeles. Yeah, absolutely. That's my opinion on the whole thing. And that has been solved since then because in iOS, gosh, I think it was iOS 7 or was it iOS 8 that Apple revealed the uh, device enrollment program, one of the two. Um, but now with the Apple device enrollment program, as long as you have purchased your iPads um, or other iOS devices like iPhones or what have you, as long as you have purchased them directly from Apple using um, a business or education um, account, 
the, uh, all of your devices are automatically in what Apple calls the device enrollment program, which is basically whenever the iPad starts up for the first time uh, and it hasn't been configured or whatever, or if it's been erased and set back to factory defaults and started back up again, whenever the iPad checks in with Apple servers, instead of Apple servers just saying, oh yeah, you're activated, go on, and then letting the student uh, set up the iPad however they want, uh, Apple says, oh, wait, this serial number is tied to a school district. And so I'm going to look at their server, see if they've got any settings uh, configured to restrict the iPad and if it needs to be enrolled with some mobile device management system. And as long as you've got your mobile device management system set up, such as uh, the Casper's JSS, which is what we were talking about a minute ago, um, it will act, you can set up your restrictions for that device so as soon as they finish setting up the device, all the restrictions are automatically uh, put on the device right from the get-go. And they can't actually progress through setup without uh, either signing in as them or receiving the restrictions. So that closes that loophole of being able to reset the device back to factory defaults and then all of a sudden you're free and clear. You, you, the device will be locked down no matter if you reset it back to factory defaults or if you just leave it the way it is. That's awesome. That is very cool stuff. Well, we're looking right? forward to it and uh, I think tomorrow we're gonna run a test and start yep. pushing out quite a few apps. Yep. Hey, so let's jump into uh, El Capitan. Hey, once again, you're listening to Radio Tech. Uh, Radio Tech. Radio, Radio, Radio Tech. Radio <laughs> at edutechguys.com. Check us out on www.edutechguys.com. Also, we are on uh, the uh, podcast system for Apple. So check out iTunes. Yeah. Hit us up on podcasts. Just search Edutech Guys, and you can find all of our previous shows. Listen to them right on your iOS device or any device for that matter. Just use podcasts at iTunes. So yeah, we're going to talk and discuss about the El Capitan install. Uh, I'm going to let Greg once again take the lead on that. Yeah, you're <laughs> going to do all the talking today. today. Is, is Greg talking about Greg day. day? Yay! So yeah, it was, I think it was an easy install. Oh, it was super easy. You did the upgrade. Yep. So um, right off the bat, let's talk about that. A uh, couple of little things about the upgrade uh, that Greg will talk about. One of them is where to find and save the actual upgrade package yes. so you have the full install. Go right, ahead and take exactly. a break. So there are two... You, the default way that you get the upgrade to El Capitan is you, whenever you're running an existing version of OS X, you go to the App Store uh, and you can find the, the new El Capitan operating system there. It's free. You download it and it downloads uh, a standard app uh, you run that in your existing operating system and it reboots the machine and installs the update. Um, one thing about that is it's a very large update. It's, it's six gigabytes, which for anyone who's using a cell phone plan with limited data or a, uh, like a DSL or a cable line that has, has caps or whatever, that six gigabyte download is significant. Um, so if you've got multiple machines in the house, multiple Macs, uh, you might want to save that update to some other external drive uh, before you run the update because what happens after you've done the update on the machine, it automatically removes the updater whenever you get into the new version of the OS. This is debatable whether it's a behavior that's desirable or if it's just something that we kind of all complain about, but it is something to be aware of because all of a sudden you get into the new OS and you go, okay, I'm going to install this on my other machine. Well, where did the updater go? It's and it's, it's not in the trash. It's just gone. Gone. Um, <laughs> so that's something to keep in mind. You want to move it to like a key drive. You need to have at least an eight gigabyte key drive uh, to move the installer off, on, off to uh, or an external hard drive of some sort. 
Uh, and that's how you can do an upgrade of a machine. You just get this app on the machine, double-click it, it opens a, a, a installer, uh, and it reboots and it goes through the process. Uh, it is a little bit different going through the update uh, compared to versions previously. The In prior versions, you would get uh, sort of a background with like a window in the middle, and you could select to do the upgrade, and you had your mouse. It was kind of like a very limited version of the desktop. But in this new upgrade process, it actually just boots to the Apple logo on a black screen with a progress bar on the bottom. You've got no mouse, there's no cancel button, there's no nothing in it, sits there and it gives you a time remaining. Uh, and that's the entire updater. Mm -hmm. So it can be a little bit disconcerting because unlike previous uh, updates that had like a bar that had, that had, had the, uh, what are they called, the barbershop effect, where it shows, the, it shows like little pulsing uh, pulses in the bar itself that, that crawl across the screen. This bar is just solid white. It, it has fallen to the, the Apple minimalism uh, that they seem to love so much. And so it's kind of difficult to tell if the update is actually still running. You can't move your mouse around the screen to see if the mouse is still moving. You can look at the time at the bottom, but it doesn't have a second countdown, obviously. It's just got minutes counting down. And so if it sits there at 28 minutes, like it did on mine, for several minutes at a time, it's, you, you sit there and you wonder, okay, is it, is it still working? Is, is anything still happening? So I, I don't know if that's really a step. That's one of those times where Apple might have gone a bit too far in the minimalism where they've removed, you know, like feedback that would have been nice to have. Like, is it still working? Well, I, it, well could, it could very well have something to do with their newfound friendship with Microsoft. Right? Isn't that kind of the Microsoft way of installing things, uh, you know? I'm pretty sure that, uh, don't you talk about that dirty thing. <laughs> I'm no, I'm pretty sure that um, what, mo what most people will say is that uh, in their haste to get it out, that, you know, that was, you know, that, that's, that's, that's what the detractors will say. But I do believe it is the minimalist move that they're doing. Oh, yeah, they're Especially trying to flatten font, everything. Yeah, the font changes and the graphics changes right, that you've exactly. seen in iOS and in Yosemite, right. so I'm sure that's what it is. On the plus side, uh, the, the time remaining uh, was actually fairly accurate this time. In previous upgrades, the time remaining was always wildly inaccurate. Like it would say five minutes remaining for about the last you know 15 minutes before it actually finished, and it would just hang there at five minutes. It was, I actually got to the point where I would refer to any uh, time estimate that Apple put on one of their installers as Apple time. That's that's five minutes in Apple time <laughs> because it was just so famously inaccurate. But this one was actually just about spot on. It took about 30 minutes for after I downloaded the update for the update to actually install. Uh, and it said 28 minutes whenever it went in. It was like pretty much spot on. That's um, cool. But yeah, so that's that's pretty much the process. Now there is another method for installing this update if you don't want to do an update. If you want to actually install it cleanly, mm -hmm. like uh, for instance your machine's behaving a little weird, maybe you don't necessarily maybe you want to just start from a clean slate, you want to get rid of all your apps and maybe your your documents as well and just just start from fresh, maybe pull in your 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 documents from a backup or whatever, but have the operating system itself fresh. And in years past, this was sort of what most tech guys, I think, would, would recommend. We were very much clean install over upgrade install. Sure. Um, but I don't know about you guys, but I've actually, over the past uh, three or four releases of OS X, they've all been so smooth. There's, I haven't mm -hmm. had any problems at all out of an upgrade install. So at this point, um, I know that I'm recommending uh, first inf to your first thing to try is to do an upgrade. Um, rather than your first try being do a clean install and you know pull it all in from a backup and sure, you know, that's sure. just way too much hassle and it, it the upgrade actually works really well. 
Um, but if you do want to start over from a, from a clean install, uh, there's a couple of different ways to do that. You do have to start off the same way by downloading the app and getting the install El Capitan app on your machine. And once you're there, you can either run a command that is available. You can search for uh, El Capitan USB installer and there's an Apple help article that directs you to run a command in the terminal. But, you know, that's a terminal. You don't really, that's kind of intimidating to people who don't really delve into that sort of world terribly often. Sure. So there's another application that actually makes it a little bit easier, and that's called Disk Maker X. And you can find it at diskmakerx.com. And that's another little application that you just take a key drive, you plug it into your machine. It has to be at least 8 gigabytes. It might actually be 16 gigabytes now. I'd have to check. Um, you plug in a, a, a large enough key drive to your machine. It will check and tell you if it's large enough or not. Uh, and it finds, uh, you point it to the OS X updater, and it actually takes the, the app and turns your USB key drive into a bootable installer. So at that point, you restart your machine the normal way. Just go up to the Apple menu and tell it to restart. And then whenever it's coming back up again, hold the Option key on your keyboard. And uh, it will eventually get to the gray screen, and it will displace, dis display several choices for you to boot to. And one of those will be your new uh, OS X installer USB stick. Um, and at that point, you boot to that, and you run in the OS X install the standard way. And you can install window, or, uh, Windows, <laughs> OS X clean from, from your USB stick. Uh, and that's also kind of handy to have on hand if you're, if you're sort of the, the family tech person who winds up updating other people's machines, um, or if you just want to keep it on hand for those times where you don't have internet access and you want to have something to recover from uh, you know, if your machine goes south. Sure. So that's most of... Uh, and like I said, the upgrade process went super smooth. Everything, I think I had the only app that was a casualty of the upgrade um, was, in my case, Default Folder X, which is an enhancement to the open and save dialogues of OS X. Okay. Aside from that, every other app that I've tried so far has worked perfectly in El Capitan. Okay. Um, so let's talk a little bit about... Um, so while, while we're doing that, I'm actually sticking in a USB flash drive into a MacBook Pro that I have sitting here, and I'm going to upgrade to El Capitan. On the air. On the air. On the air. You get to hear the clicky working. sounds if you hadn't already heard the title. <laughs> yes, we talked about Our, before we started the show actually recording this on video, and then we realized that, oh, it's like three clicks. That's yeah, not, yeah you know, it's really nothing no to point. it. Exactly. So while David's starting that, um, let's talk about the new El Capitan. Most of the stuff that's happening with it is under the hood. Yep. A lot of Big, 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 big changes, uh, especially for performance, yes. battery usage, the whole nine yards there. Yep. But there is a couple of really cool things. One of the things that Greg showed me right off the bat that I did not know was going to happen is I can hide the menu bar. Right. Holy crap. So for a long time, you've been able to hide the dock. Uh, you could make the, the, the bar, quote unquote, at the bottom of the screen go away. But the bar at the top of the screen that says like Chrome, file, edit, view, that sort of thing, that one was fixed unless you went to full screen on an application. But now you can actually set the menu bar to hide just like the dock does, where it goes away and you get just that much more screen space until you move your mouse to the top of the screen and it pops on down. And you can set that, if that's something you want to do, by going to System Preferences, General, and then there's a checkbox for it. And so when, you, when you've got it hidden mm -hmm. and you scroll up to the top, does it actually shift everything down or does the menu no, it's, just kind it's of fold over, over it's top? It's an overlay, just nice. like the dock. So, so it's like nice. everything's in full screen. Right, exactly. Nice. So yeah, that's a handy, that's a handy feature. 
Um, and then another new feature is the new window management stuff. Um, so if you've seen like the keynotes for iOS 9 or if you've installed iOS 9 on a newer iPad, you may have seen the new multitasking stuff where you can put two apps side by side and you can drag the bar between them to make one larger or smaller. And that's sort of the idea that they were going for in El Capitan. Um, now what you can do is you can press and hold the maximize button on a window. So if you've got the three traffic lights, it's the, it's the green one with the plus on it. Um, or the, although now they've actually changed that symbol from a plus to like two arrows pointing away from each other. Just, just because, you know, it's like, okay, we're going, we're going to go from plus to two arrows. Okay, whatever. Whatever, yeah. So you press and hold that button, and it will maximize the window that you press that button on in one half of the screen. And it will display all other open windows in the other half of the screen. Then all you have to do is pick one of those other windows that's displaying, and it puts that window side by side. So it makes it easier to select two windows, put them side by side on the same screen, and it's full screen. So every, if you've got your dock set not to hide and you've got your menu bar to set not to hide, those go away, and it's the same full screen that we've had since, gosh, how long has full screen been around? Like since 10.6 or something, 10.7? Yeah. Um, so, and you can also adjust the, the division between the two, so you can have one wider or narrower. Uh, and it's, that's very handy, uh, especially if you keep a lot of windows open and you're constantly copying and pasting stuff between windows. I find one of, the, one of my favorite uses for this particular feature is to have two finder windows open so that if you're moving files between two different destinations, you can just really easily pop two finders windows open side by side and move stuff between them very quickly. Yes, exactly. And that's, that's been a, an issue with Finder for a long time, whereas <laughs> just trying to juggle the windows and get files from here yes. to there has been yes. kind of clunky, and this is making it much better. The only thing that we don't necessarily like about it is getting back out of it. So whenever you're in this dual app full screen mode, uh, if you hit that maximize button again, it demaximizes the the app you click the button on, but the other app that was in your split screen side by side full screen mode, that app stays full screen. So then you have to go fishing around to find where that app went. It's suddenly in a new space, and you gotta go pull that back down. Hopefully, they'll change that in a later update because it does seem kind of clunky just to get back out of this split screen dual app mode now. Um, other updates as far as El Capitan, uh, the, it is much snappier. They've actually shifted uh, the way they draw windows. It used to be OpenGL in the background, which for those of you who aren't familiar with OpenGL, it's a, it's a graphics framework uh, that handles uh, using the graphics chip on your Mac to actually just handle the drawing of windows. And they've gutted OpenGL from a lot of the system functions and they've replaced it with Metal, which is their new API that takes out a lot of the, the bloat from OpenGL and puts the, the acceleration much closer to the, to the graphics card. Oh. Uh, so it does feel significantly snappier. Um, and they've done a handful of other updates. The Notes app is now much closer to like OneNote or Evernote. You can draw, you can sketch, you can put pictures into Notes. Um, that is something that if you install El Capitan and you have other Macs, it will ask you to upgrade your existing notes. 
because all of a sudden it's got to have pictures and stuff in them, and it would make it incompatible with other earlier versions of Notes. Oh, so okay. you want to make sure that it does explain it. But if you're, you know, if you're in a hurry and you want the new stuff, you just click through. Yeah, all of a sudden you might find your notes not syncing on your other devices ah. until you update them. So Lovely. I, you've got to have iOS nine uh, on the iOS side to re- to sync the notes. Um, and you've got to have El Capitan in order for to take advantage of these new notes and have them sync across your devices. So you would have to upgrade your other Mac devices to El Capitan if you wanted that. If you notes. wanted the new features and okay. notes, it does give you the opportunity to skip upgrading your existing notes, and it doesn't enable those new features. So if all if you've upgraded your first machine and you want to wait until the weekend or whatever to upgrade the rest of your machines, but you want to keep your notes syncing between in, during that time, mm-hmm. you can just choose. Okay, don't upgrade my existing notes just yet. Leave them in the old features, and then you don't get the new pictures or drawings or anything, but at least your notes are still syncing. Cool. And then aside from that, that's, that's most of the new features. Uh, there's a handful of other things that are mostly concerned with tech guys, like disk utility has now changed. But aside from that, that's, that's, the, that's the high points. Cool. Very cool. <laughs> a very in-depth... Uh... <laughs> and everybody's <laughs> like, oh, my gosh, shut up. <laughs> No, I, this is this is great. This is this is the first show I think that we've let Greg just run with it. We're we're working on other I'm, stuff behind the scenes. I'm so. heavy on the tech guys portion of education. You are. That's right. Hey, so. that's that's part that's of why we're here, here man. Yeah. You know, I'm here that's for awesome. prettiness. <laughs> Obviously, I'm the pretty one. Hey, uh, you're listening to radio.edutechguys.com, coming to you live from the Southwest Arkansas Educational Cooperative in Hope, Arkansas, uh, being presented by SWAC and Hope Public Schools. We want to thank them. If you didn't see our video out there, check our Twitter feed. You want to see the video. It's quite funny. <laughs> about our robotics. Um, I think that's probably going to be a new thing. We'll make a new video each week. Next week, uh, Greg will be doing a free fall from the top of the building into a small 18-ounce glass of water. So Woo! Be great. No effects. No effects. <laughs> hey, yes. follow us at Guys on the on no, no sound effects, or you mean no effects on Greg when he no, lands into the no glass? No effects on Greg. <laughs> none, none, none on oh, Greg I think whatsoever. there's going to be some effects. Uh, <laughs> hey, also, uh, right now, I think we might have someone out there who wants to drive the uh, good old... Drive the robot. The robot. If, if the good doc would still like to drive the robot, um, go ahead and drop an email to uh, David at edutechguys.com, and he'll write you right back with the uh, how-tos. we got plenty of... Time left here in the show. Hey, I want to throw something in before we jump back into the robot, because, I mean, it's just a robot. It's just, it's just a robot. It's just a robot. Ten-year-old um, me would have just died whenever you oh. said that. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, robots are kind of commonplace now. <laughs> so uh, I wanted to throw this one out there, and this is something I was thinking about the other day. So Mark Zuckerberg has, uh, you know, this last few weeks has been in front of the UN, and he's talked about... Uh, making sure that there's internet connection for everybody on the face of the planet and how important it is for the refugees right now, especially the Syrian refugees and everyone. You know, we've got a lot of misplaced people due to war um, in Eurasia. Let's group them all together mm-hmm. there. Um, but, you know, I was thinking about an interesting thing. Uh, they're providing, Facebook is providing free internet connection for all the refugee camps that they can, they can get into. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I was thinking it was interesting, refugees and education, you know, right now, uh, during this time, there are a lot of displaced children who are getting no education whatsoever, except sure. what their parents are bringing them. You know, but you know, they, the most of these people, if you've seen the videos and the pictures, they left with a small bag with their worldly possessions in that, and you know, no, no books, no coloring books, you know, no things like that. It would be interesting. So I guess uh, the challenge I would throw out there, um, if anyone was listening, 
was that uh, it's time to step up and make sure that these parents in these refugees camps, if they've got the devices and if Facebook and companies like that are providing the internet connection, that other companies make sure that they're providing the apps and they're providing the, uh, the software, the apps, so that these kids can continue their education in this highly displaced state that they're in. Well, absolutely. And, and especially, you know, with the availability of different delivery mechanisms through the Internet access that, that they're getting or hopefully getting or right. going to be getting soon. I don't know. You know, I, I don't know. I, I haven't done any research to see how, how are they getting it there? Well, how are they getting it there? And, and, and at this point, it's, if you could throw a percentage number on it, what right. percentage of refugee safe areas or I don't even right. know what you call that, camps and, and whatever else, uh, you know, what percentage would they say is, is actually currently covered? How, you know, what is the, the, the rollout plan, et cetera? But having said all that, um, once that is in place, then going back to what you were saying about getting education for the children of the, you know, these families that have been displaced, um, you know, they basically can, can theoretically anywhere, anyway, uh, once they're online, get that education from anywhere, anywhere. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, um, I would, what I would love to see, uh, and, and maybe, uh, maybe there's an off chance somebody out there listening will say, oh yeah, we can do that. Um, but why not? You know, surely some of the displaced refugees are educators. So, you know, hook them up with, a, you know, heck, worst case camera. scenario, hook them up with a camera and, right. and you yeah. know, some overlay whiteboard software and, yeah. and go to town. And then you have everybody else connecting, right. you know, helping, helping those students get the education that they're not able to get. Right. And the other part of that, I think, is not just getting the education, but I think that also might help get the students' minds off of just right. the Here absolute now, chaos that's going on and give them something to focus on. A, a degree of normalcy. Yes. I'm going to go to school. It may be intense, and it may be, you know, my, my teacher is three-tenths over, but broadcasting to all the, uh, all the tenths over the Internet, but, yeah. you know, it's right. still school. Yes. You know, it's interesting, uh, just reading one of the big articles from Engadget, uh, they, he's promising this, and it's funny, they think maybe it might be the new uh, the uh, Internet Drones that you know Facebook and Google have been looking at, hmm. of, you know, flying these right. high-level drones. It's also it shows that uh, Google and Microsoft are also making gestures pretty quickly to help the refugees in these camps. Uh, I love how Engadget puts the old spin on it and says, uh, as Mark Zuckerberg explains, though, this is an instant where everyone could benefit. Facebook gets more ad views, <laughs> 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 while refugees can communicate with the rest of the world and hopefully get closer to finding permanent homes. So, uh, he, he's right there. They're going to get. Oh I mean, yeah, they, gosh. I can't remember what I was reading the other day. Basically, it says something along the lines with there. There is no such thing as altruism in business. It may look like right. it. Yes, yeah. Exactly. No. Yeah. There's well, no and and. Uh, I would venture that there are very few people in the world who would ever Qualify think that those particular companies and, frankly, that particular individual <laughs> would do something just to do it. Purely, I mean, you know, yeah, exactly. Right. No, there, there's money to be made. And 
you know, hey, more power to them. Yeah. You know, they throw it out there. They're providing Good. the internet. They're right. hopefully yeah. providing uh, an avenue for educating the students, and the students got to watch some ads in the process. <laughs> ah, well, we all got to watch ads, everything we're doing, you know, everywhere we go and everything we do anyway. So well, that's, Everybody that's been wins. For a long time. Yeah. Right. Remember Channel One? Channel sure. One wasn't free, and it had commercials and ads right. just the same. Hey, you're listening to radio.edutechguys.com. Uh, today's been a fun day. We're talking about a lot of great stuff out there. Uh, we've talked about El Capitan. You remember you can listen back anytime to the show notes, um, the, to the show from uh, radio.edutechguys.com. Just click on Showreel, or you can go to iTunes, hit the podcast area, search Edutech Guys, and uh, find a link there. You'll also find a link to all previous uh, podcasts on the website. So, hey, you know, I put hashtags in there, and uh, so we were. We, we talk about Twitter and social media a lot because uh, that's how we've actually garnered most of our listeners is through Twitter and uh, through social media. And it's funny, we mostly, I mostly use the hashtag edtech and the hashtag education. But there is uh, another one out there that's edutech that is, right. is another hashtag that, you know, when I'm running out of characters, I have to, I have to choose which one do <laughs> yes. I use. Right, exactly. You know, do I put the U in there? Although, I have that, that al- one although there's a rumor currently that Twitter is going to be removing hashtags from the 140 character count. So at that point, you could have Timbuktu, blah, 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 hashtag. Uh, I, I have a hard time. That, yeah, I mean, exactly. You're going to have these hashtags. That are a mile yeah. long. Yeah. Of course, it's harder to type those, so those probably won't survive as well. Uh, just just I, Darwinian Because right now, I, half the bad... Twitter feed uh, twi- tweets out there are three words and then you know twenty seven different <laughs> hashtags. I hate those more than anything. Oh. But you know maybe that's uh, so. If you have some ideas about what you think are good hashtags, uh, please email us. Let us know. Go to the website www.edutechguys.com. Go down to the bottom. You can send us a quick link. Let us know what's going down. Um, and send us what you think about hashtags. 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 Say it again. Makes me give me the chivers. Mufasa. So, and then we were sued by Disney. <laughs> hey, I tell you what, we're gonna take a, a quick little Not break here. Sued. Um, uh, so, to our friend Nick C. Um, actually, friend, actually, did we get the robot oven running? The robot okay. is. A, we'll get the robot. We're running. living in the future. Awesome. We got someone connecting to the robot right now, and we'll see if it comes up. Supposedly, they're, they're making Supposedly. me. Yeah, it says connecting. Well, okay. I tell you what. Uh, why don't we go ahead and yeah, go jump to, out? We'll jump out to what you're going to do with Nick yeah, C. Music, yeah, and we'll then and we'll come back. So listen, Nick C's got a new website coming out pretty soon. Um, it's not out yet, so don't go clicking for it. Don't go changing. <laughs> so anyway, um, he's going to have some new stuff out, and he's uh, he's modifying his social presence on uh, Facebook and uh, combining some stuff. And there's a new album on the way. We played one of those tracks, uh, a bear track, just him and guitar, last week on there. Bear track. Uh, was it was it like it was polar bears. bear or was it you know grizzly bear? It was fluffy fluffy trouble. Fluffy trouble bear. So, uh, so hey, we're gonna listen to uh, one from last time. This is a great tune called "Letting Go" by Nick C. Stay tuned to radio.educateguys.com. <laughs>
Yeah, that was Nick C. A letting go. Uh, one of our favorite artists to to uh, highlight here on the, <laughs> on the show. We're, we're, we're watching now. We're in the studio. We're watching. Uh, we're watching uh, the good doc drive. Uh, drive there. He is. He's yeah. driving the uh, the robot around the I'm ring. Gonna, I'm gonna pan the periscope. Yeah, I was just gonna say, grab the periscope yeah, and uh, actually the just the just robot. grab the doc and bring him back over here. Yeah, okay. Grab the doc. Hey, doc, we're gonna grab you and bring you back over here. So he's, he's running away. No, no. Oh. He's trying to steal the robot, drive it all the way up to Conway. So, <laughs> right. so I don't know what, can you see? Yeah, I'll, I'll jump up there. Okay. Cool. Hey, uh, we, uh, we lost, uh, it looks like uh, Chad's going to have to go. He said he's going to oh, Okay. Well, hey, we appreciate you. Thanks, Tune in, Chad. Chad. 
So yeah, hey, uh, you got the robot see, right here. Let's see the cool robot. Um, you can jump over to uh, Periscope. Uh, actually, it's really funny. The robot is looking at Greg on the table with the Periscope camera. It's just the Periscope. So that's really odd, isn't it? That's cool. Does it still just say connecting? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we're having. Uh, yeah. Normally, uh, on on the uh, the when the robot connects, uh, you. I'm trying to, we would see in studio here, we would see the other person and they would see us. Uh, what's very interesting, what seems to be happening is um, the good doc can actually see us as he has been uh, actually doing a pretty good job of navigating the robot through this crazy maze of chairs and tables. Um, but we cannot see his feed for whatever reason, something, it must be a, a lagging internet connection or, or what have you, but... Uh, but uh, I, th I think it's very interesting that he can actually see us, even though we can't see him. Uh, and so uh, basically, if you're not familiar with the, uh, the robot itself, um, when, you, when you buy one of these robots, it does not actually come with the iPad. And so, uh, and it'll take any iPad from generation two up, because it has to have a camera. Uh, and so uh, you slide your iPad into the holder and it's Bluetooth connected to the base. Uh, and it's got a gyro in there, um, and uh, and then you create an account out at the double site. You have uh, the app that runs on the iPad that's in the robot, and it's the exact same app that you run on your remote device, whether that's an iPhone, an iPad, uh, to control it. The, the difference is that um, you have to go into the app and tell it that it's not driving. Okay. So, um, and I don't know, Oh, I don't know what Periscope can I, see, but at this point, the good doc has raised, uh, the neck of the robot. That so reminds um, me of ET. It is. It is. It is very ET. Uh, I will tell you this, that when the neck is down all the way, it travels much faster. Uh, and that's a stability right, deal, exactly. right? You know, it's 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 a whole lot harder for that thing to maintain its balance. Right. Um, now, I will also tell you this: um, I don't necessarily recommend this. However, uh, one one of the things that we did was we actually tried to push the thing around um, while it's up, and and I'm going to demonstrate. So allow somebody else to talk. Yeah. To. So, oh, you killed it. Oh, oh, oh! That's because the feet are down. Ah. Okay. It's actually parked. So I actually parked. I actually did knock it over. You killed I, I, I that was not supposed to happen. Okay. But when the, when the feet are not down, which I should have checked before <laughs> I, before I did that. Um but it it actually will self-stabilize forward backward. So it has it has now, the, it, the weeble function? It does have the weeble function. It However, it cannot do side down. to side. Right. Side to side? No. It's, you know, it, it, this is not a, a BB8. This is Right, exactly. You know, this is, not yet. Now the newer version, I you know who knows. I'm, I'm sure the double folks are working on a BB-8 version of the robot, um, but it's very cool. Uh, as it turns out, uh, you can purchase the double robot directly from Double Robotics. Um, however, um, you can also, if you are a school in Arkansas uh, and you purchase through Southwest Arkansas Education Cooperative, we are the exclusive education reseller for the robot. Uh, and so you actually get it at a discounted price uh, through us, um, and it's a partnership that we have with, uh, actually it's a partnership between us, Double Robotics, and ESDAC, which is, the, which is one of the education service centers in Kansas. 
Uh, so, oh, look at that. We almost have an image. Almost. That's wild. Is that cool? So yeah. what Jeff is doing right now is he's actually pushing. Whoa, okay. <laughs> he, he was actually pushing and pulling the rubble. Uh, I wonder if he puts, I wonder, he may have told us to go forward too. That's wild. For, no, it's, you, you barely touch this it. Is, this is one yeah, of those yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have to push it very hard. Right. But This is one of those things that is that must be experienced in person. You know, it's, yeah. it, it's very un, uncanny valley. I mean, it's, it's way down into the valley of uncanny <laughs> valley. Especially whenever there was, you couldn't see anyone on the video. Yeah. It was just rolling around. It was around just rolling around. Knife, and it was like yes. acting sentient. Yeah. That, that, that is actually a little scary, really. It was. It you was know, actually a little spooky. Yes. So... One of the things that, that I want to talk about before uh, time gets away from us, though, uh, this is all fun and, and well and good, but, of course, the question is, so how would you use this right. in an education setting? And I will tell you that, generally speaking, the, the number one application is with homebound or hospital-bound students. Right. You know, they're going to be there for a while. They're laid up for a while. You put the robot right. in the school, teach the student to drive, which takes them all of three seconds to learn. Right. Um, and they can actually use the robot throughout the day, rolling through the halls, going to the classes. And the advantage is the students and the teachers see that student who's, you know, who's, who's uh, bedbound is not the word, but. Oh, homebound? homebound. Well, homebound, but I mean, when you, when you have to, when you're laid up in the bed and you're, and you're yeah, bedridden, yes, I don't know. Okay. Anyway, uh, the student who was not at school, um, because the other, the, the students and teachers see that student, they can talk to that student, interact with them. Exactly. They could even have raised their hand by just, you know, extending <laughs> right. the right. I'm standing up I, now. I have a question. <laughs> it's, it's a very slow question. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. Um, and so that's, that's probably the number one educational right. um, uh, use for the robot in terms of that type of thing. Now, one of the things that we did, we actually had um, – a workshop here. We, we had professional development here at the Education Service Center during an awards program at, um, really, it was at, at uh, Clinton Primary. Ah. So that's that's uh, uh, elementary school here where Jeff and in the district where Jeff and Greg work. Um, and a bunch of the participants at the workshop that was here had students or grand students um, <laughs> who were at the assembly and so we took the robot over to the assembly and just for a, a quick you know it, it didn't really interrupt the workshop we, we you know we tried to time it during a break as best we could right but uh we remote remotely connected to the robot from here they got to see part of the award summit they got to awesome. see their babies on the big screen and uh, so awesome. you know that was, that was kind of a fun neat way to use the robot right. uh, as a way to do something so and then i know that other education service centers uh allow participants to remotely join workshops and so that's one of the things that we're also exploring here at southwest co-op where you could sign up for a workshop and even though you can't attend in person for whatever reason you could attend as the robot right um there are some there are some uh etiquette issues uh you know essentially you have to make sure that uh you're muted unless you're going to talk and um, we actually had someone uh we had we had an administrator uh, participate in this. Uh, she was actually at another conference and had to attend a workshop here. So we put the robot in, and um, let's let's just say that um, she she had the, the robot had to be escorted out of the conference. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it takes a little bit of it takes a little bit of practice. Right, I mean, exactly. it really does. You know, you you got to get a feel for how it's going, and 
Um, you know, it, it's but it was you know very interesting to see the robot participating. So hey, there we go. Yeah, there we go. There he is. So we've got uh, no one else can see this. So but uh, on the robot right now, we actually can see the good doc. Uh, He's outside. Oh, he is outside. Look He's at there. All remotely with a handheld device. Nice. Yeah. We, we're looking at either so cesspools or swimming pools. This, swimming pools. <laughs> and, uh, this is like inverse telepresence. We're now yes. taking a virtual. <laughs> That's right. Yes, a virtual field trip. Um, <laughs> yes. I think he fell down. He dropped the phone. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That was awesome. that's, you know, it's, it is pretty cool, and I can think of about 15, 20 ways I'd love to use it. Virtual, oh, sure. Virtual field trips Absolutely. or building tours. or yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, virtual tours stuff. especially. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I can see colleges use this a lot for students that want to come to school there. Right. Sure. You know, and what would be interesting is if, you, you hey, so you can't make uh, the college visit this weekend. We have 10 of these double robots yeah. here. So just get in line, get your reservation in. Turn to your MacBook on or your Windows machine, and you can be there virtually, meet some of your classmates. Tour the campus. You know, that whole kind of thing. Yeah, that's really, really cool. Can't sur- can't sample the slurpy- the slushies yet with it. There's no taste transmission, no, unfortunately. No, yeah, there's not. Smell-o-vision. No. I, and, I, and I will tell you, uh, you, can, and you can go on YouTube and find various videos of how different schools have used the robot in action. Um, and... In, I think in one or two of the videos, they actually have a, a they've, they've figured out how to weight balance a hanger so that the, it could wear a t-shirt. Oh, really? So, yeah. Um, I will tell you, Double Robotics does not recommend that. Just going to throw that out there. <laughs> no, no, t-shirts uh, are not recommended. Sure yeah, any, anything, anything you, yes, any, any weight you add throws oh, off the gyro. Um, and currently the, the robot is, is walking around behind Jeff. It's kind of stalking him. <laughs> I think he was trying to get uh, to uh, Greg. Ah. Just in time. For he was the in show, my yeah. face a minute ago. <laughs> so now, oh, see, now he's looking at the floor so he can see, see what's uh, there, so he can, yeah, he can Pretty navigate. Good driver, so. Considering that uh, this is the first time he's ever used it, and I have no idea where he is in the world. Do you know where he is? There's a, there's a wall there. The, the big blue space. Oh, you, you're probably looking down. You put it in there. So I don't know where he is. Do you know where he is? He's in. He's in Conway, Arkansas. Yeah. Okay, so he's in Conway, and so he's right up there. He's turning around. He's at the end. If you're watching, there's uh, a, a power adapter right, right underneath you. So yeah, you want to turn around and come back the other way. If you're watching Periscope right now, you can see uh, you can see him moving about the room in front of us. Hey, uh, we're gonna jump ahead real quick. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> want to look out the well. The camera's actually oh, at the bottom, the so he's oh that's true. It's actually, so he's that, not seeing anything but the wall. Blind him. Uh, hey, if you Doc, if you're listening, raise up about three feet. Hit the up button three and feet. Uh, raise your neck up. You can look out the window. He's thinking. Maybe he got disconnected. He may have. He may not oh. even be. Okay. <laughs> now hit the, no, the up button, not the forward button. The up button. Oh, no. No, no. On the app, um, it's going to be, uh, there's a little um, kind of a half circle that sticks out on the right-hand side. Oh, right. And you have, to, you have to drag that up, and okay. it will raise. It a while ago. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. You raised it a while ago. So, hey, listen, we're going to jump off Double Robotics real quick. We have a few yeah. minutes left in the show, and we wanted to talk this week um, about, there he goes, we wanted to talk this week about password keepers. Yes. Um, password keepers are pretty important, especially in this day and age when last week, I believe it was the federal government that said, hey, listen, we lost like, what was it, a hundred and like 13 million social security numbers and right, passwords of, all of a sudden. The federal workers. And they also, yeah. they also lost their fingerprints, which is the even oh. scarier part. 
So, Where'd they uh, go? My fingerprints are gone. <laughs> They're no longer on. There's your some fingers. great password keepers out there. Two of the two of the biggest names um, would be Dashlane mm. and One Password. Yep. Um, I think those are two of the biggest ones we see the most. Those are the biggest ones for personal use. Although there is one more that um, schools may want to look into if they're going to purchase it in mass, and that's LastPass. LastPass. Yeah, because LastPass has uh, you can actually. It has some password sharing features built into it where you can share passwords among different users uh, at an organizational level. Um, so that's pretty handy. Uh, that way if you've got uh, passwords that you use for a service that multiple teachers need for, oh, let's say, uh, what's, what's uh, Achieve 3000 or one of those other websites where you might have multiple administrators that use the same login. You can actually share your password through LastPass. Um, so multiple people can log in and share that, that password safely and securely. Very cool. Yeah. I want to check those out. The, they all do other features besides just keeping passwords. Oh, yeah, the secure notes secure and notes, that sort of thing. Secure receipts. Yes, receipt management. Uh, payment payment, per, payment uh, pieces. And yeah, credit like cards that. and that sort of thing. Hey, you know, listen, uh, it's been fun today. As always, when we jump into these kind of shows, we think, oh, we don't have enough stuff to get through everything. Well, guess what? It's been <laughs> no, 59 hard. minutes and five seconds, exactly, yeah. and I think we could probably all agree. We can probably talk. There's Nate. Hey. Hey, man. He's we sure. Split. Thanks for coming in. Yeah, man. Thanks yes. for uh, coming and playing along. And Awesome. <laughs> he fell down again. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Good news. Hey, listen, um, uh, thanks for tuning into the show today. I think we could probably talk another 20 minutes if we wanted to. Uh, Got lots of stuff going on. The uh, yeah, got an edutech. Uh, oh, nice! <laughs> I tell you what, um, listen to us on uh, iTunes podcast. Just search edutech guys. You can always catch us on the show reel edutech. Sorry, radio.edutechguys.com. Catch us on the web www.edutechguys.com. Hey, listen, I'm Jeff. I'm Greg, and I'm David. You've been listening to the edutech guys. You've been listening to EduTech Guys Radio, radio.edutechguys.com. The opinions expressed on this site, this program, to those of participants are not intended to and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any specific educational entity, sponsor, company, state, or government agency. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But do they actually do all those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out My Flex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com forward slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com forward slash BE.
Do you want to save time on prep work? Increase achievement for all student populations? Reliably meet Tier 1 standards? You, you can, can do, do it, it all. all. But B- don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com forward slash BE.